We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 what makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program, weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live readings. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, here we are. Thanking you folks for joining with us tonight for The Bible Live the quiz show, your opportunity to answer some questions coming from our Bible readings, our scheduled Bible readings this past week. All of our readings come from, well, 
our narrative readings, at least the ones that the, where we read uh, from the different books of the Bible. The book of Judges is our theme this week. Judges chapter 1 through 18 are the chapters that we read. Uh, we also read in our Wisdom and Worship segments, we read chapters 46 through 50 of the Psalms, Psalm 46 through 50. So we'll be asking you questions from all of those different chapters, giving you a chance to call in and answer them. Maybe you've got a question of your own about those particular chapters. Jacob, welcome. Hey, how are you? Glad you're here. Glad you're here, pal. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be, a, I I think, a great great read and a a good time in the Scriptures tonight because I kind of get the idea through the years that the book of, hmm, I was going to say that the book of Judges is kind of like one of your favorite books, but I I don't know if that maybe overstating it a little bit, but you always kind of get enthusiastic about the book of Judges. Yes. I've never, I I like it. It's interesting. I've always considered it very, it's at that, what is it, 325-year period after the time of uh, Joshua, the conquest. uh, Thereabouts, yeah. And then you have this this period of time where you have these these, uh, 12 judges, 11 men and one woman that, we, we, let's talk about it a, a little bit. What, yeah, what let's was just that, talk about it for like a good introduction. What, what was that period of time? I, I think of it as kind of a a little bit of of of, of, of an I don't know maybe a, instead of a big a central government they didn't have a king at that time they didn't have a you know Jerusalem a kind of a central capital city uh, they had these each tribe had its own. Uh, distrib- you know, allotment of land, and each tribe had its own, I suppose, their own capital or center of activities. And I, I guess it, I kind of think of it as a time of states' rights in a way, where where there was no central power as such, that it was given out. Each of the different tribes ran their own affairs, ran their own businesses, and their own took care of their own land and so on. But when there was a threat to the nation as a whole, the in a sense, they would kind of come together, and it seems like kind of almost uh, organically or spontaneously, some leader would rise up that they would all respect somehow or other. I know it all seemed kind of nebulous and all sort of, um, uh, like I said, organic. So it just it just kind of happened, and it seems kind of messy for for one the, that period of time. But you have, and I, and I, through the years I'm listening to you talking about the book of Judges, you have, I think the Jewish people have a take on the book of Judges on that period of time that, that is really quite different from what most of us, I think, as Gentile, just look at it as the history of the, of the tribes during that period. And maybe you can explain to everyone the whole idea of, of how it relates to the Torah and, all what is it? Six hundred and thirteen laws. It is. Are all reflected? Know, six plus one plus three is ten. Yes. Ah, the ten commandments. Okay. Now, could we before we begin? Could I mention something? Sure, of course. Sure, okay, so we got Moses, this great guy. We've got uh, Joshua, his assistant, who is also a pretty good guy. And then at the end of the book of Joshua, in. Uh, the last chapter, twenty four fourteen, Joshua tells, hey, make sure you put away all your father's idols. Get away. Do away with them. That's one of the last things Joshua says. And then he says in twenty four twenty three, 
he says the most interesting thing. It says, put away the strange gods from among you and direct your hearts to God, Lord of Israel. Now, isn't that fascinating that Joshua is giving that at the end of his book of Joshua, named after him. Destroy the idols among you, turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Uh-huh. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God, uh-huh. we will obey him alone. And uh-huh. they made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, uh-huh. committing them to follow the, decree, the decrees and the regulations of the Lord. Uh-huh. Now, re- notice that name, Shechem. Shechem, okay. That will come up, hopefully, prominently in our discussion this evening. Now, isn't Shechem, it reminds me, wasn't that that, was that that same city where they, uh, where Dinah, the the sister was, am I? The, yeah, but that's. Uh, long that, before this? That's before this, yeah. Well, I know it's long before it, actually. But we're going to learn that. something. Isn't the same? Well, it's one of, I'll just give you a hint, it's one of Gideon's children that does something remarkable at Shechem. Aha. Uh-huh. One of his children. Aha. Hmm. Uh-huh. Now, uh, anyway, so there you got Joshua kind of giving the instructions, right? Uh-huh. So what we've got here, everybody knows, and if I may say, I take it that mostly in the Christian thought, and you correct me if I'm wrong, which you're never shy of doing anyway, <laughs> um, it's generally thought of that this is a very bad period that these guys, after Moses, after Joshua, they just spin out of control, and they constantly do things Wrong, right? It's a horrible time. Can't we agree I, with that? Generally, I think we do have that impression that yeah. it's kind of a long spiral downward. They uh-huh. just continue to... It's a downward spiral that culminates in this terrible story at the end of the book of Judges yeah. where this woman gets cut into 12 pieces. Well, yeah. and so all it just stuff. keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. But that's only the obvious part of the story. Well, I told you, that's what we Gentiles pick up on. That's... Hey, listen, we, it's we okay. I don't mind sharing. We haven't been reading it for twenty thousand years like you guys. We we just we just read it as it is, and it's it's a pretty great read just by itself. But it's so interesting when you give us this background that you're going to share with us tonight as well. well. Would you do a favor with me? For you? Or no, with me? Sure. Why? Okay. Let's just since we're talking about this before we get started, I'd like to bring out to every to your attention and share with everybody's attention, if I may. Um, the other part of the story, and if you look at chapter 2 uh-huh, of Joshua, of jo- no, of, of Judges, Judges, uh-huh. Uh-huh, I'm there. All right, now take a look at uh, verses, let's see here. Uh, okay, look at, let's start right at verse 1, and uh, I don't know what it says in your version, but uh, angel of God went up. The angel Gil- of the Lord, uh-huh. Okay, went up from Gilgal to Bochim. And said, I took you out of Egypt. I brought you to the land which I swore to your ancestors. I told them, I will. Now listen, look at this. Now this is the theme for the book of Judges. Everything you read in the book of Judges is subject to this theme. I will never violate my covenant with you. Now, you must not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. You've got to smash their idols. Obey me. See what I've done. Now, I want to ask you a question. If that's the theme of the entire book of Judges, and we know that through the book of Judges there will be a judge that comes up, but every time they go after another god, 
they become oppressed. And then they cry out to God. They repent. And the story is God always brings up another judge. Uh-huh. So what we have learned is, yeah, they do And something. by judge, we kind of mean, uh, in a sense, a hero, someone who would rise oh, up to lead them. Yeah, we could talk about it like that. The sure. word judge, of course, in our culture, in our society, we think of right. somebody who's running for county yeah. judge or uh-huh. you know that sort of thing. But this is a a judge is a leader, I guess. Yes, in, in the, and it's the actually in Hebrew, it's a shoftim, which is comes from the word shofar, you know, okay. like a great sound. Okay, but look what it says. It says, "I brought them to the land that I promised your fathers, your ancestors." I told him I would never violate my covenant. So this is the, we all talk about, and I know I've heard it many times in the, in the Christian thought, that look at how this place spun out of control, all these bad things, and well, this place is just always filled with all kinds of bad things. But that's not the point of the story. We expect humans to do bad things. The point of the story is God. He said the theme of all the stuff you're about to read. I like that. I do not violate my covenant. Now, I got a question for I'm you. I'm still going to keep my commitment, is what he's uh, saying, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. That's how it says in your version? No, I just, I'm, I'm just kind of oh, okay. well, soapyizing it. Oh, well, I, I like soapyizing. <laughs> Lathering it up, uh-huh. yeah. Okay, so here is the question What covenant is he referring to? Well, isn't he talking maybe about the. Uh, Abrahamic covenant and the, that covenant he made with Abraham for his people and that he would bless them and use them. and Well, let's, may I suggest. You may. Thank you. It is Mount Sinai. Sinai. That covenant. Okay. Now, what happened there? Now, we all know the story, right? They get out there. God's on top of the mountain. There's a fire. There's smoke. There's a loud voice. It sounds like a shofar, all that business. At the same time, picture this in your mind. At the same time, at the bottom, there's another fire. And they're making their own God. Uh-huh. And it's not the, I, I insist that it's not the Jews doing it. The Jews are going along with mm-hmm. it. But I insist that it was the mixed multitude that was doing it. But the Jews said, okay, you know, it sounds like a good idea we made to go, we'll uh-huh. go along with this. Now, after Moses comes down, he breaks the Ten Commandments, right? Right. Right. Now, at that moment... What? Is the covenant over? Is it done? We violated it. What do we do now? Imagine yourself sitting there and saying, oops, we really messed up on this one. Now, what's going to happen now? Is it over? So what do we learn? We learn what this covenant's about and what this whole book of Judges is about. What happens is, God Moses goes up. Again, he comes back down, he goes up the third time, he comes back with a second set of tablets. God forgave. When the people repented, God forgave. So, and that's what the Jews call at this time, the second set of tablets is Yom Kippur, God's forgiveness, in other words, okay? So, that's the covenant. Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement. So, so you you prayed to be forgiven. God gave a second set of tablets. He has taught us that he's a merciful God. And if you do your part, if you repent, he then forgives. So, we have got forgiveness taught to us in the book, in the Torah. Right in the book of Exodus, Uh okay? So, we have learned that, that we screw up, we repent, we get forgiven. Now, right here at the beginning of the book of Judges... I, I want to add something to that in a minute. Oh, but please. Okay. No, no, that's okay. right, if you'd like to go ahead. No, I, I would just 
simply going to say uh, it is something. That, the reason that it comes to mind is because it was it was asked to me this morning uh, when we were doing uh, teaching out at Lackland with the basic trainees there in our in our uh, ministry there with the uh, Air Force basic trainees. It, it was asked very clearly there that. Well, you mean God just sort of willy-nilly just sort of says, I, I forgive? Mm-hmm. And and we had to make it clear, uh, Suzanne and I were talking about just before we coming, the fact that, yes, God is loving and forgiving, and th- but he's also perfectly just, perfectly holy, and perfectly righteousness. In other words, righteous. He doesn't just kind of willy-nilly uh, forgive just because he's the great, doting grandfather in the sky, but that God is also perfect, not only in his mercy and love, but he's also perfect in his justice and his righteousness. The sin had to be atoned. The sin had to, the consequences of sin still had to be paid. And and I think it's an important point to make because uh-huh. in the redemptive plan of God, even all through the Old Testament as well, there were still all those animals that, that were killed and their blood was shed. And well, picturing picturing yeah. the fact that Sin does have its consequence. It's not like God just sort of says, oh, I'll just look past it. It's all right. Sin did need to be atoned, but then God made a provision. He, and that's the whole idea of the Messiah. That's the whole idea. And, of and the, that's certainly, and I understand and, that, and, and I, I agree, that's the, certainly the Christian understanding. Yes. That God, yeah. that sin did have, the soul that sins, it shall die. Uh-huh. The, I mean, these are Old Testament passages. Without, right. without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Right. The, the idea is that sin still has its price, but God in his grace and mercy right. made a provision yeah. for our, our forgiveness. Okay. But, in other words, he didn't just forgive well, willy-nilly. That, while that's all true, in this particular story, none of that has taken place at this point. No, not the Messiah, right. except that he's the the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So, Well, yeah, but we can't... In terms do, of the we, whole redemptive we, plan, we, it's we there. We can't do interlinear uh, imitation to make something there in the story that's not there. We can think about it, we can believe it, but if we're going to read in the four corners of the page, we're kind of stuck with that. Oh, uh, we can talk about that. We can talk about that. <laughs> okay, but so what happens is, so, uh, so it, now we've learned... From Mount Sinai, and broke the commandments. God forgave, and He gave them again. So we have learned that God, for the for at that moment for the Jews, is a merciful God. He forgives. Uh-huh. So over here in the Book of Judges, we're going to watch this kind of thing that happened at Mount Sinai, and then God forgives. And He's talking about it right there. I'll never violate. I'll never break my covenant. So through all these stories, when we do see some horrible things that the Jews did in the land of Israel, and that's an important thing, that it's in the land, uh-huh. here is something very interesting. God says at the beginning the theme, okay, I know you guys are going to do this stuff, but I want you to know when you repent and come back, and you sincerely repent. In Hebrew, it's teshuva, you know, returning to God. So I will not break my side. Now here is the interesting thing. And please feel free to jump in here. I know, and you know as well as I, probably better than I, that in, I don't think it's greatly popular, but in the certain dimensions of the Christian thought, it is uh, uh, that there's a spiritual Israel, that there's a replacement theology, that kind of thing. Yes. I don't, I don't think it's greatly popular, but it is there. We're familiar yeah. with it. We uh-huh. all are. So here is the dilemma. If God is saying right here, hey, look, I've already taught you in in Exodus, I do forgive if you repent. And it's saying right here, because we're going to go through some horrible stories here, and each time when the people do these horrible things, they repent, they cry out to God, 
God does not hold it against them. He accepts and gives them a redeemer, a savior, if you will. Uh-huh. So, and I will say that there's always a constant spinning down. We can we can agree with that. But if God is allowed to break a covenant that He made with the Jews, especially about the land of Israel, then. If I were in a Christian world, I would be terribly frightened because he can break that one that he makes with the Christians too. So he can't break one and keep another. God is consistent. He never changes. Right. So he is saying, I don't break my covenant. I made this covenant with you guys. I'm there for it. So I always find it fascinating, and this goes on and on and on. So what I always find it fascinating when somebody says to me, well, you know, it's spiritual Israel, you know, all that's been done away with. I say, wait, wait, wait a minute. If he's allowed to break his covenant with the Jews, then he can break it with you, too. So, my point is, I'm not saying that the the Christian covenant is not valid. I'm saying he'll keep that for the Christians. I'm saying he'll also keep that for the Jews. Because God doesn't change. That's my theory. End of, <laughs> no. end of the lesson today. Well, no, no, I, I frankly... Uh, the only difference I guess we might have in a sense... Oh, you think we might have a difference? <laughs> ...is that I, I don't really... Uh, I, I doubt, in my, in my, I guess in my mind, and I, I'm guessing maybe I should ask you this question. No, please You don't do. think that God actually does have a different kind of set of rules... Uh, for one group as opposed to another group, right? Oh, I mean, boy, that's a hard question. You want to get me in trouble, don't you? Oh, oh, <laughs> do I? I didn't know if that was that hard. But, well, I do. But believe. I'm guessing that God sees the human race, and of course, He understands uh, what His work. He's worked with different. He has done a very specific work with the children of Abraham and the lineage of Abraham, and these part of the redemptive plan. It does involve individual people groups and specific people groups and that sort of thing. But in general, God, the whole idea is that God is calling out of the human race a people for himself. I will be their God. They will be my people. And that he is calling out of the whole population of the world. He's calling men and women to be himself, to be his part of the people of God. In that sense, the bigger picture of of Israel, the God's people that he calls out. And that in this beautiful, beautiful sense, what he has done is he has used this particular people group, uh, biological, genetic people group, the, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm-hmm. that he has used them in this beautiful sense that we can look to them and see his treatment and working with them. As a lady I know likes to say, they're a visual aid. Uh, actually, do you like? I mean, do you like that? I mean, we're in agreement about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I have no issue with that. Okay, and I hundred percent. So, I, so I, I have a hard time making. I, I don't think in terms of. Them and us, you know, I, I, it just... Well, there is no them and us. God loves all human beings all the same. Now, what would have happened in this particular thing, because we know that they're supposed to drive out the, the uh, right. Hittites, Pezzavites, all the, these different the Bud guns. lights, the electric lights, you know, all those. <laughs> so, if, if, he, if they had not, what had happened? What if they put away their idols and they had repented and accepted the God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If that was true, then they, I think, God would have made provision for this. And how do I know this? Yeah. Because when they left Egypt, a mixed multitude went with them. And as they got to Mount Sinai and they continued on, 
they were, shall I say, grafted in, a term everybody's familiar with, and they became part of Israel. When they got to Israel, there's no like land allocation to right. somebody else. They're absorbed into their tribes. They also inherit with the tribe because they have become part of Israel. We're going to take Bob's phone call in just okay. a moment, but I want to ask you a quick question, too. Okay, if I when, can give a quick answer. When you see, when you see God addressing... Uh, the people of Israel, like through the prophets or through through Moses or uh-huh. through uh, the other leaders and the people that he called to to to, to judge and to speak sure. to the nation of Israel. Yes, and he's and he's speaking to Israel. Do you also make the um, assumption that he is addressing that within the within the nation of Israel, within the people group of Israel, there were there were some who were truly uh, not only uh, biologically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. attached, but they, their hearts were attuned to God. They, they were seeking after the true and living God. They were worshiping God. They were trying to obey the laws of God. Mm-hmm. And do, do, you, do you also make that as something understood that when God is addressing them, he's actually speaking to, like, remember that famous passage in Chronicles where he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, that probably, that within the nation of Israel, there was, there was, in it, I don't know how you would say it, there was a, there was a real Israel, there was a spiritual Israel that were the people who were truly seeking after God, and that there always were, there was always a, maybe even a majority of the people that didn't. Seek after God. Uh, do you, what do you, you mean make by that? The, the word spiritual Israel? Uh, but I know we're headed towards a break. Perhaps Bob will bring up a topic and we can discuss okay. that in more detail. Bob, don't go away, please. I, I just yeah, had to Bob, get that question. Not and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get back, all right? Listening to the Bible Live Quiz Show here on AM 630 KSLR. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. 
Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Lex Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it took us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. Very I didn't expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. You cannot win the spiritual battle with partial obedience. You cannot win the spiritual fight with a temporary obedience. You can only win with a total and unconditional obedience to God as He's revealed in the Word of God. Learn more on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Please join me every weekday morning, 8.30 on AM 6.30 KSLR. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back thanking you, as always, for being a part of the program tonight. And sorry, we kind of got going in our first segment talking a little bit oh, about the fun, background. Though. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I heard this rumbling behind me. Uh-huh. Talking a little bit about the background of the book of Judges, the historical, the historic context uh, coming after the time of Joshua, this uh, about a 20, 25-year period, I guess, in the uh, what we would call, it's referred to sometimes as the conquest or the re-entering into the promised land by the people of Israel. And uh, this very, some very famous battles, the Battle of Jericho, and remember the, the Battle of Ai, where they were conquered by this small uh uh, town and small city and so on, and we read about that experience. Another, this great uh, strategist, this great warrior, uh, Joshua, who led the people of Israel, kind of a brilliant military campaign over seven or eight per- year period of active warfare, and then there were some years of kind of a mopping up action, cleaning, and the, the tribes received their different uh, allotments of land, the distribution of the, the tribes, each received a distribution of land, and then they were to go to their lands and cl- you know clean them out, finish the conquest of their area, and uh, drive out uh, the pagan populations that were there and do away with the godless, godlessness and the, the paganism and the... Uh, uh, the immorality, the, the 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 idolatry, and so on, and which they did not do, and of course it ends up being a constant sort of a difficulty, creating a difficulty for them. Uh, we usually we're going to put out some questions right now, but what say we go ask Bob? Yeah, Bob yeah. called Let's in, and we want to get uh, Bob. He's been waiting. Bob has been waiting. Let me get it on here. Roberto, Bob, are you still there? Yeah, we are I, so I, I'm I, so grateful for your patience for staying with us. Thank you. Hi, brothers. Uh, I usually uh, you ask questions, but it's a Bible Live quiz hour, so I'm going to ask the question because I'm having a hard time with it. Good. So I'm going to give you all the quiz. 
Uh, I used to have this present pres- if we win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll buy you, I'll buy you a meal. Oh, no, no. Uh, a cup you of hit, coffee. You hit you hit Jacob's hot button with that. I mean, really. <laughs> All right. Uh, but it's not at Roots, Chris. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, ah. we'll go somewhere else. Right. But I'll, okay. I'll tell you, uh, I used to have this book by Rabbi Telushkin, and I don't have it anymore. The- I, I would probably like to consult it on this one. Uh, it, it says that uh, Elohim is no respecter of persons, and we're not to favor the rich or the poor in judgment, but judge righteous judgment. And that we're in the book of Judges, which in, in, in Hebrew it's uh, Shofetim. Sure. And, and it, it has to do with the way we judge. And we cannot be respecter of persons, and yet we see in the matter of uh, uh, King David with Uriah the Hittite, Nathan called him, uh, called him out on it, that, yes. uh, well, you were a rich man, and you, you, you took this poor man's ewe lamb, which was Bathsheba, that was his, uh, his wife, right. and, 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 and then uh, uh, Jezebel. Uh, she was the queen of northern the northern kingdom, the northern Israel. The wife of Ahab, and uh-huh. and, and, and she took she, uh, the wife of Ahab, Ahab, and she took. Uh, she lobbied for it, and she finally got it. Uh, this man's vineyard, Navaot, is his vineyard. I like your choice of words and, about and, lobbying. And, and, That's the first time yeah, I've yeah. heard that she, deception called lobbying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she, uh, yeah, she, she, she agitated for it. Manipulative which is, which, uh, that's, a, that's a woman's okay. prerogative. Yeah. And, and uh, if, if you really look at uh, Rachel and, 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 and Leah, uh, and Leah it's, it's a sort of a woman's prerogative to kind of lobby. Uh, and uh, but. Anyway, uh, but how do we reconcile? And I would like for Rabbi Telushkin to tell me this, or or for for Jacob and and Sophie to tell me this, or 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 or, or, or uh, Pastor Hagee, or maybe or, one of our or, 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 or Rabbi Rabbi uh, Scheinberg to tell me how do we reconcile? Uh, we shall have no respecter of persons, and yet of to whom much is given, much is expected. So uh, it's kind of. I wish you kind of write it down on a on a on a pad of paper and and just just uh, hash it out. Uh, we we can no respect of persons because our our, our our mighty one has no respect of persons, but and yet there is a respect of persons and that to, of who much is given, much is expected. So I, I find it very intriguing. But in the, on the final analysis, our Elohim, our mighty one, he. Judges righteous judgment at all times. So okay. We, we let me, let me make sure I understand, Bob. Okay. But, let me anyway, I'm going I'm to just make sure leave I that quiz. The I'm going to leave that quiz to you, to you two uh, scholars. Hang on now. Don't go away because I want to make sure I understand the question clearly now. You're saying, uh, you were mentioning the fact that uh, David did this terrible uh, sin. Uh, and then he did. Uh, in a way, are you saying that maybe. Uh, David did this, and, and uh, Ahab and Jezebel did the other one, but they got punished for it, and David doesn't seem to have gotten punished, and that it seems like well, God might have shown a little uh, prejudice or bias toward David whenever by letting that, him that, off. Is that the idea? I think that's another that's another point. That's a sort of a side point. Uh, but uh, how are we to judge righteous judgment? Because we are not to favor the rich man or the poor man in judgment, and yet... Um, at the same time, 
I think of to whom much is is given, much is expected. Yeah. I don't think that David got off scot free. Really, no. he his administration was never the same, and uh, uh, he was not struck down immediately. And 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 uh, the uh, the apostle in Peter's letter, he says, uh, you know, he, he's not, uh, our heavenly Father isn't slack in. In judgment, as men count slackness, like men count slackness, like well, you oh, you got him, let him get away with that, yeah, because you didn't, you didn't punch him in the mouth, but no, actually, he actually he uh, he, he revenge is best served cold, or, and and many other uh, points, mafia, many so other uh, descriptions <laughs> could be made. Uh, there are conse- there are always consequences. Bob, are you a member of the mafia? Uh, we're wondering here. That's a mafia slogan, right? <laughs> I read about the mafia sometimes. Actually, the mafia is kind of like uh, the Roman government that was in 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 Israel, and it 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 created a lot of tension, even even among the disciples. You had the zealot, you had Shimon the zealot, Uh and um, the zealot was a the zealots were a party uh, in Israel that was a movement to uh, do violent overthrow to the occupiers. and uh, then there was uh, there were others who who were not as uh, zealous. They were more uh, they, they were more like uh, separating off like the Essenes, uh, and they kind of wanted to uh, do some kind of internalize internalize the uh, their walk. Wow, shall we say? Well, Bob, uh, Bob, the longer I, you talk, the harder your question gets. Yeah, because <laughs> Bob, I, I would like to say this. Obviously, this is clear. You've done a lot of reading. You're a good student. But I would like to say this. First of all, I want to tell you, I do like that story about David and Nathan, because I see I have this picture in my head, and Nathan, after he says, you are the guy. Yeah. But just before that, he says, uh, David gets so mad, he j- I picture him jumping off the throne, pulling out a sword, and saying, who's the guy? I'll kill Ooh, him. I'll kill guy. him myself. Yeah, I'll kill him he's, myself. He's, he's ready to exercise judgment right there. Okay. And Nathan says, okay, but you're the man. You're the let's, one. Let's take... Uh, let's take a closer look at your examples of Jezebel and David. It is a pretty good comparison, isn't it? It's reasonable up to a point. Okay. Well, Jezebel was a pagan pagan well, okay, girl. But David what? was, you was just, a, a very, You just very... kind of nailed it. But they more or less did the same thing. No, no. Act, here's, right? what, here's what happened. You see, when you say there's no respecter of persons, what you're kind of, I may suggest, focusing on the bad act. I think God is focusing on the willingness to forgive if you repent. Because David, what did he do? He repented. Thus, he was a man after God's own heart. We're not saying he didn't do the bad act. And Jezebel certainly did the bad act. And he didn't repent until he was actually found out as well. Well, he did repent, yes. It it came about. But uh, Jezebel, I don't ever read, other than the dogs uh, getting a hold of her, I don't recall her ever repenting. But so I'm thinking, the way I'm taking this is the focus is not, not on the act, but on the attributes and mercy of God. That's how I read yes. that. What do you think, Bob? But I don't think I Rabbi Toluskin is going to call in, and I certainly would not hold a candle to him. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps so. Maybe would. someone else could uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from any of you have an idea on this. I like the idea of compa- – I have never really juxtaposed those two. They actually did do – both of them did, to some degree, the same thing. You know, they, they did take something from someone else – uh, now it wasn't exactly the 
the same situation. But I, I like to see those two compared. But well, it, the difference we, is their we, hearts. David had a heart of, of, of repentance, of humility and brokenness. Uh, Jezebel did not indicate that at all in her actions uh, toward the Lord. Um, but many people have asked about that, that they think, well, man, David got off. Here he was. He, he committed murder. He committed adultery. Those are capital sins. Uh, and yet there is some mitigating circumstances in that, as we've talked about before, I guess it is good that we talk about this, right, Jacob? Yeah, because sure. we are talking about judges. We're talking about rightly well, here's applying my the laws of God yeah. to our lives. And here's my question, Bob, since uh, you're on, you, and you like to be called Bob, correct? Okay. Okay. Because it's easy to spell. You can spell it backwards and forwards the same way. That's right. I can turn back around and still spell it. Yeah. <clears throat> so here is what I'm wondering. Uh, the book of Judges, as you rightly say, is Shoftim, uh, like Shofar, but Judges. And I've often thought the book of Judges, when we read this, in fact, Sophie and I mentioned this just before we went on the air. And let's say you read the book of Judges, and I hope to tie this in with what you're talking about, Bob. Let's say you read that, and you say, gee, you know, right in the first chapter, they take this king, they cut off his thumbs and his big toes, because he did that. And do you feel, Bob, that's the right thing they should have done? With, with who? No, Bob, you. In, in oh, the opening me. chapters of the book of Judges, uh, there was this king that they conquered. I'm not, is it, which judge was it, Jacob? Um, there was this king that they conquered, and they cut off his toes uh, and something. I, I'm trying to remember the details. I'm sorry, Jacob. I'm not finding it myself. Oh, okay. I can't, I but guess, I know what you're talking I, about. Can I answer that one? Uh, Adoni yes. Bezek. He had asked you to, to answer it. Yeah. Was that the uh, right thing uh, to do was the question? My answer is I don't know. Ah. I think I need Rabbi Telushkin or Jacob to t- discuss it. Well, but we had this presidential election going on, and I sort of see... I sort of see some of the candidates, and I, I was reading about a, 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 the prime minister of France. He was a Jew who was elected in 1936, uh, and, but he, I don't think he served for very long at that time, but uh, uh, he was a socialist. And, and, and we, we see in, in San Antonio, we drive around, you have your gated communities, and you have your communities where it's like a clapboard house, and you have Bernie Sanders and... And, and some of the other candidates, and they, they see this juxtaposition of of the rich and the poor, and they say, well, where, where's justice there? And this this, uh, this this Jewish, I can't remember his name, but he was a Jewish prime minister of France, and of course immediately he met with anti-Semitism when they realized, wow, we just elected a Jew prime minister. But uh, he was a socialist, and he, he wanted to redistribute wealth because uh, the, the, the Depression was, was uh, devastating uh, all over the world including France. Uh. Okay, Bob, let's go back. Without France, let's talk. Let's focus on this, this king. Uh, he had done a lot of bad things to 70 other kings. He had cut off their fingers, their thumbs, their toes. They uh, Just think about having to try to walk without a toe or trying to pick up your food with only your fingers. So that's pretty bad stuff. When they caught him, right in Chapter 1, they did that to him. That as far as I know, it's the first and only time they've ever done something so exceptionally cruel. And I ask you, is that the right thing to do? And you gave me the honest answer of saying, I don't know. So let me suggest this, that through the 12 judges that we have in the book of Judges, six short stories, six long stories, 
that if we think it's about just the judges, then I think we have to look at ourselves and say, are we fit to be a judge? You gave a very good answer. I don't know. Well, we do know this, that the laws of justice are in the Torah. And let's look at the book of Judges as though we are the judge. And that we're looking and saying, oh, let's see here, what is right? What is wrong? Because you can have a feeling that, oh, that's not right. But how do you know? Because it's all been written down in the Torah. The 613 laws are basically 10 commandments. And all of those 613 laws are found somewhere in if the book I, of Judges. Exactly. Right? If I ask Bob or Sophie, if I say, well, tell me as we go through the book of Judges, what laws did they violate? Is it just your feeling that they did something wrong? Great. You got a good feeling. Or maybe you feel they did right. Well, then you got a bad feeling. But we don't have to worry about that because if you are in the position of the judge, if you can't, let's look at this as your graduation test. If you can't tell me what laws of the 613 are violated in the book of Judges, no problem. We'll go back to Genesis and we'll start again. And we'll read it again. And when you learn them, you'll be able to go through the book of Judges and you'll say, that law got violated, that law got violated. In fact, may I, would you like an example? Yeah, uh, please. Mom? Okay, let me. Let, let, uh, I'm going to do this if, if you don't mind, Bob. Uh, why don't we uh, let Bob go and he can listen to the answer, and that way Sounds we could also give the good. phone number. Yeah, others could call. Thanks, thanks a lot for having my call. Thank you and, so much for nice calling, Bob. Pre- I appreciate. You it. Have a blessed week. You too. Yeah, and if you'd like to call, folks, you give a, maybe you have a thought to share with us for Bob or about that. I, I was a little worried tonight because I know we're doing the show at the same time the Oscars are on. I was afraid it was going to draw so many people from the Oscars they wouldn't get a good audience yeah, for the that Oscars. That is a big risk, so yeah. we have to go so, with care Okay, here. look, let's jump over to one of the primary characters in the book of Judges. Well, we all love the guys, the sexy stories about Samson, that kind of stuff. We all like those stories. Mm-hmm. But Gideon, we know the story okay, about the Gideon. Gideon. Okay, let's... let's Let's just flip over and let me give you one example. May I? Yes. And it ties into what Bob was talking about. Now, it says uh, Gideon in, uh, say, chapter... uh, He's the fifth judge. Yes. And he's in chapter 6. 6 through 8, yeah. Yes. uh, And say in in verse 17, he says, If I found favor in your sight, give me a sign you're speaking to me. So he wanted a sign. He said, Don't move from here. Wait right here, God, till I get back. And uh, I'll go get some, uh, he prepared a goat, did some unleavened bread, and he placed it all in a basket. And then the angel, in verse 20, uh, 20 he, the angel of God said to him, take the meat, put it in unleavened bread, and place it on a stone. Well, the stone's a whole other story I'd like to go into, but not at this point. And pour out the broth. Well, he does that. Then look down at verse 25, same chapter, verse 6. And it says, that night, God said to him, take your father's young bull. What are you supposed to do for a sacrifice? A young bull. But then it says, and another seven-year-old bull. Well, and there, and this is destroy the altar of Baal that belongs to your father. Cut down the asherah next to it. Okay. Now, there's something going on here. Let's just take a look. What laws were violated? And if you can't, you don't have to really be memorize everything, though I know some rabbis that do. And uh, they're, they're great rabbis. They know a lot of things. Even, I'm sure, Toluskin, as Bob mentioned, does. But, if, for example, uh, let me just run through a couple of these. Um, 
There's uh, he did at least eight things that I, I've been told about. Uh, he was sacri- sacrificing away from the main altar. Uh, this the uh, the seven year old animal was designated for idolatry purposes. Uh, it, it actually was worshipped idolatrously. By the way, did you know there's a store in San Antonio that sells idols all over town? Do you know what it's called Soapy? Time up. It's called the Dollar Tree. A Dollar Tree. That's a joke. It's a joke. Well, it's my name as well. Oh, I know. A Dollar Tree, yeah. But no, because the Dollar Tree, you know, it's that little. A Dollar Tree. The Dollar Tree. All right. The other one is it was done at night. Yes, that's true. It was done by, he's technically not a priest. He's using things that was not. Well, Gideon is not a Levite. He's, yeah, you're saying. Okay. That's right. And he's using vessels that are not for, uh, meant for uh, offering purposes. But isn't God was telling doing, him to do these but things? But he was doing firewood that had been designated for idol, idolatry But purposes. isn't the Lord telling him to do these things? Well, yes, he is. Now, so we have that dilemma that suddenly presented a good point. Cause it's, but he's, he seems to be violating these rules, doesn't he? Okay. But you see, he's taking something that was meant to be used for Baal, Baal, I guess it's said in English, and he's saying, look, that's not a god. So what you're going to do is you're going to take it, but you're going to take the real one that is designated by Torah law yeah. to be used, the, the, the young bull. That's why it's given the young bull as per se with the Torah, and it's giving this other one that's going to be designated for an idol. So he does all that. So that just gives you a sample, though, of the type of things as you go through the book of Judges. Let's say I want to appoint you as a judge. I should have an idea of what the real Torah says, and then you should have to have the ability to identify what was wrong in all these things. And if you are, then you're probably fit to be a judge, but maybe I'm not fit to pick you as a judge because I don't know. So this would be like to take the place of the legal library and the if you go to a, some of the top lawyers of the city or in their offices, you'll find a, a big bookshelf with all the legal books and the laws. So the Book of Judges is, in a sense, kind of a legal library where they can go and look up sample cases and see. Is that the idea? Yeah, that the Book sure. of Judges is a sort yeah. of an education. Yeah, so it's, it's, let's call it your test. If you can't tell me what was wrong, are you fit to be a judge? The answer would be no. So, but that's no problem because we go back to go Genesis. back and read it again. Yeah, and when you reach the point that you can tell me why all these guys and what Torah law they violated, then I see that you're following the Torah. So the Book of Judges, in a sense, is like the uh, taking the bar exam. Let's call it the bar exam. Yes. The, okay. So that so you see you're actually doing it, sir, because you can read this and you think, man, what's going on? And you know the story about the fellow, what was his name, that said, I'm going to kill the next thing that comes out that door. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to come out the his door? His daughter, yes. His daughter, a human being. Well, the guys that appointed him, they appointed him. Why? Because he was a good warrior. He's a good fighter. But just because you're a good warrior doesn't make you a good judge. And the guys that appointed him, did they have any fault in this? Yes. Because they were appointed. They didn't have the skill to identify a guy that should be a good judge. Instead, they did it totally on their own. They didn't follow the Torah. They just they wanted a hero to help them. They got wow. that. There are a lot of lessons and a lot of ways to apply this, even to our own times you know what kind of leaders are we looking for in our culture? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's go. interesting. It comes at the time where we're trying to pick a new leader for our nation, 
and you know everybody just can say, well, let's get somebody who can win, or let's get somebody, and and you know maybe the criteria would be let's find a, a man who is wise, let's find a man who understands uh, God's laws and how they apply to our nation and to human behavior and so on. Maybe that would be the idea. Well, I mean, we could make it a good application there to the times we're living in as well. But uh, okay, so we have these the, these judges. These 12, uh, 11 men and one woman, each one of them had very interesting stories. Othniel, the very the first judge, is the um, what is the nephew of uh, 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 not, of Caleb, right? Uh-huh. He, Caleb's nephew, yeah. Othniel, he's the first of the judges. Uh-huh. And then uh, we have, just as you can just march through them, and they have right. uh, Ehud, he's the one who killed Eglon and defeated the Moabites. Right. He was a left-handed guy, right? That, he was. Uh, and then Shamgar, it was one of the shorter stories, killed 600 Philistines with, with an ox goad. You know, very interesting, just one that one little event that's recorded about his life. And then one of the more popular, one of the more interesting judges is Deborah, the, the female, the one lone uh, female judge of Israel who defeated uh, uh, General Sisera and the Canaanites and later sang a victory song uh, with Barak, who w- w- was there along with her. And then as we, after that comes Gideon. There was Tola, Jair. What was Barak's Jephthah. last name? I'm just joking. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ibsan, Elon, Abdon, and then, of course, the great Samson. And then we transition after Samson to Eli and then and then – this transition individual Samuel between the time of the judges uh-huh. and the time of the prophets, uh, kind of transitioning into that period, right. and the time um, from the time of the priests to, uh, to the judges, from the judges to the time of the kings, with the first, uh, Samuel uh, anoints the first king of Israel, Saul, mm-hmm. and so we have this this period of time, these individuals, and uh, okay, now you've given us kind of the, I guess is that w- would that be kind of called the Jewish perspective of the book of Judges? Well, I would prefer to think it of God's perspective, but if you like Jewish, <laughs> I can live with that. No, I agree. I'm not worried about that. That that, And it makes a lot of sense, and I, and I think that there... But the truth is, for the majority of most of us who haven't been pouring over these scriptures in the original language and context and history like the people of Israel, the Jewish people have for centuries, uh, most of us kind of simple... Uh, kind of Gentile believers, we we come and reread the book and we just see we see this series of very interesting stories and interest, interesting individuals. And uh, I think there's some application to be made at that level as well. Uh, of course. There are some things happening. There are, there are these cycles uh, as the pe- we get a chance to see the people of Israel go through uh, these cycles of, of uh, they, they obey the Lord, they serve the Lord, and then, then they fall into sin and idolatry. Then they yes. they become enslaved uh-huh. as a result of they that. They become oppressed, sure. They're judged of the Lord yeah. and they become oppressed. Yeah. Then they cry out to the there Lord in their oppression. Uh-huh. God and, raises And when the they're crying out, they're returning to Shuva to God. They're, they're repenting. They're tar- there calling there out to yeah. God in humility and brokenness. And God said in the beginning of the theme, I never break it. Yeah. And we learned that from Mount Sinai in the second set of tablets. So we know what the covenant says that I do provide forgiveness. Yeah. It's your repentance yeah. for the Jew. And he raises up this, this judge or this leader, this uh-huh. hero who comes and, and and sometimes they're not, it's not real pretty. We say hero, we say and uh, Sometimes they're very flawed individuals, and and they're, they're weak, 
sometimes they're very wonderful, like like Deborah, for example. She's a great hero. Right. But then other times there there's kind of a mixture. There's Jephthah. Well, you know, the you, you know what the, one of the most interesting characters for me is uh, Gideon, because we know that when he's first talked to, it tells us in the story he's at he's beating out wheat. Yeah. But he's putting it in a wine press. That that really catches your attention. The wheat immediately, in the because the wheat is supposed to be. Uh, but since we have this moment prepared on a mountaintop with hiding it. Let us Well, there's our Gideon and this fascination that Jacob has for him. And we can talk about any of the other judges as well. As we look at this book that we've read through this past week, and if you'd like to go to our website, BibleLive.com, you can find uh, all of those readings and listen to the book of Judges from beginning to end. And uh, we'll come back in just a moment. Don't go away. 340-9585. That's our phone line. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. This is the Bible Live, the quiz show, the third segment, the third half hour. Uh, we invite you to get on the phones if you'd like, 340-9585. We still haven't put out a question for tonight, Jacob. What, well, what that's okay, because that? that's a good discussion. But okay, I got a couple hang on questions. Here, i got to stop this real quick. All right. Let's, let's stop uh, that. Okay. We'll... But I do have some questions. All right. And I know you do have a caller. Who's on? Mike? Mike on line one. Let's, but... uh, let's do Mike, and then we'll... Okay, let's go. We like to... Let me see what i got to hit the right button here. Michael, how Mike, are you, my friend? Michael, have we hit your button? I, I, I stopped there. Hi, Jacob. Hey. hey What's hey, going on in your mind? Well, I, I, I can see where Jacob Milan is talking about the law appears and the breaking of the law. I was reading uh, in uh, Genesis about um, if uh, a non-Levi uh, tries to offer a sacrifice, the sentence for that is death. Uh, because only Levites are consecrated to offer the sacrifices on behalf of the people. And King Saul, um, when he was desperate and Samuel didn't come in the time limit, he, he said he took courage and he offered the sacrifice. When you weren't here, you know, yeah. and he knew, I mean, Jacob has told us that you have to have your own copy as a king of the Bible and read it every day, so he knew oh, very, very well. Good. Very good, that's right. Uh, well, anyway, uh, us Christians, uh, we can see the law in Judges, but uh, in, but us Christians, we believe that Jesus is hidden in the Old Testament and revealed in the New. And I, I just wanted to ask you, um, the angel that appeared to Manoah, the father of Samson, well, I think that is a a representation of Jesus. A pre-incarnate uh, 
uh, appearance of the Messiah, of, of the Son of God? Yes, yeah, yeah. because it's, why do you ask my name, which is admirable? And we know that he is the mighty counselor, and his name is admirable. So we know that that, that angel could be. We, we, we just think, um, and I was just listening today, you know, Jesus, Jesus said, I, it's not I that accuse you to the Pharisees, and and Caiaphas the high priest. It's not me that accuses. It's Moses that accuses you because he wrote of me, and uh, you don't believe it. And so it's not I. It's Moses. And we believe he came to complete the law, not to replace it. So we believe in the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. And, yeah. But anyway, I was. Well, yeah, there is that other side. I guess that's what Michael. I was kind of. We have these two perspectives as we approach these passages. And I, I, it seems to me that both are very legitimate, both are very beautiful, and I don't think they are natural. As far as I can tell, I don't believe they're they're exclusive. They don't exclude one another. They can be very legitimate approaches to understanding the passage uh, in its context and its it, 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 what it what it was doing, what it was meaning, uh, of course, to the people of Israel in that time, in that era, but also, as you say, hidden in this uh, uh, the entire. Uh, Old Testament is this the unwrap the unwrapping the rolling out of the re- the bigger the redemptive plan of God for all the ages not just the animal yeah. sacrifices and the tabernacle and the temple but the big picture of the redeemer the savior uh, and and all of these judges these heroes they are each of them in a way are the, each of them considered in a way a messiah with the small m the each of them is kind of a savior kind of a a deliverer, right, Jacob? Or? Well, they certainly are a, a deliverer, yes. And may I say, Mike, are you there, Mike? Yeah, yes, sir, Jacob. Yeah, hey, you know what? I, I always love it when you call in because you're obviously a good student. But, yeah, oh, and I you. want you to know that I 100% support uh, your point of view, and, and that is a Christian view, and uh, and that's that's excellent. And I have no criticism of that at all. Uh uh, but I must say, for, from a Jewish point of view, and honestly, that's the way I approach it, then I'm looking at something different. Because in the Jewish thought, um, that it's you don't need an uh, inter- intermediary, you don't need somebody, you can go directly to God. So that is a, a Jewish concept. Now, for... Well, we think Jesus is God. There you go, <laughs> sure. And believe it or not, from what I've, uh, I've come to understand, is that there is a sense of the Trinity of in the Christian world, the thought, that he's sort of, if you allow me to use this term, sort of a partnering, being like a partner, shall we say, uh, with God. And that is really generally not considered... Uh, a bad thing or heresy among the Jews. That's that's usually acceptable. So that's not a th- that's not a bad thing. But so I absolutely support your view. And if Michael, if that works for you, then that's certainly what you should do. I personally, because see, we all know that in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, uh-huh. there's you know we these these uh, manifestations that Christians identify as possibly being Jesus or an angel that. Uh, we all know it doesn't say a Messiah, so, but we all uh-huh. uh, many cr- Christians' thoughts is that that's a manifestation. There, there are several passages, uh, like the uh, like the the like the angel or the mm-hmm. being, sure, the sure, person sure. who appears to Joshua on mm-hmm. the eve sure. of the Battle of Jericho. Right, sure. Uh, and, and 
some think as well that that was a pre-incarnate sure. visit uh, from uh, yes. the, the Son of God, the, yes. the second person. Of and, the and I've heard that, and mm-hmm. I have no reason to tell somebody else, hey, you can't believe that. You want to believe that? Believe that. I'm, I'm okay with that. For me, that's not what I think. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I'm 100% right, and it doesn't mean I'm 100% wrong. But uh, I do know this, that in the particular passages, in the four corners of the page, if I'm just reading what's in the four corners of the page, I'm restricted to what's there. And so mm-hmm. when it tells me that these guys are not really viol- not following Torah, because remember the last, pa- the last verses of Joshua, he said, make sure you don't do these foreign gods. See, foreign gods have their own laws. And so if you're going to follow that God, you're going to follow that God, God's laws. And what's really interesting... They are mutually exclusive. They are. And, and I That's think, what Joshua says. Choose you this day whom you will serve. There you go. If you will follow the... Yeah, and yeah. So that you can't follow Absolutely. both. That's right. So if I come back and I look and I say, okay, I can tell... For example, let me be very candid and somewhat blunt. I can tell, let's say, uh, the God of the Jews and the Christians is the same God as Allah. I... How do I know? Do I use my intuition? Do I use my feelings? Those are very dangerous things to follow. But I can do this. I can look at the fruit of the tree. I can look at what is the laws the same? Does it does it give a law? If somebody steals a loaf of bread to feed a hungry family, do we cut off their hand? No, we don't. And if that is the law, then that law has to come from some other God. So I come back and say, well, that I don't think that's the same guy because he's got different laws. So... If I go down through the book of Judges, you follow me, Mike? Uh, well, hang on. No, so I've got an idea in my head, okay. and, um, and um, I, it, it's why the Bible Live is so important to me, but, but, but I'm, I'm, my idea can wait. I'm, I, I'm thrilled with yours. Okay, well, I, I want you to have your chance, too. But anyway, so when I go down through this, may I give you an example of our guy Gideon? You know, we, he does all this, and we know about the sword, and then putting out the... The sheepskins, I'd love to discuss that in detail, but I'll move along a little bit. But what we have is he has these good, complex things. He does good things, he does bad things. But he's a, uh, an embodiment of good and bad. For example, when he's going after the two midnight kings, he goes up to one little village and he says, Hey, we need three lo- 300 loaves of bread. Will you give us the food? And they say, uh, We haven't seen you capture him. Why should we pay you? We'll pay you after you do it. So he's very upset about that. So as hungry men, they go after the Midnight Kings. They capture them. They end up doing all the justice. But they come. He comes back to that little village. It takes vin- and he takes on vengeance them. on them for what? Not for the thousands of people and justice that these kings did, but for because the, they laughed at him because they didn't give him the food. There's something wrong with that picture. Now, so we know he's got something in him that's also wrong. And then he also asks for earrings. The golden earrings. Are you familiar with that story? Yes, I am. He takes yeah, to, to make a, um, a breastplate. Uh, a breastplate, yes. Exactly. An ephod, yeah. But now think about that. He takes the Ishmaelites' gold. He melts them into a ephod, which is actually, it's like a gold belt. And he takes that back to his village. Now, God didn't tell him to do that, but he takes it back. And he's doing, and they say, hey, how about you becoming a king over us, your son and your grandchildren? And he says, no, 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 we're not going to be a king. But he sure runs things like a king. And he, what he does also, he says, 
you know, remember the rules. And, and Mike, I was very proud of you a moment ago when you said that a guy, a king, it's a law in Deuteronomy, that he writes a, a couple copies of the Torah. He keeps one to his side so he can always review it. And it's a witness against him. And if he gets stuck, he can look at God's laws. He had to write it, so he knew it. And, of course, the other copy, I understand, was in the possession of the Levites. So, you're absolutely right, Mark. You got Mike, you got that one absolutely right. Now, he acts like a king, but he doesn't call himself a king. But he makes this idol. He wasn't told to make that idol out of that gold. So he's got this very complex thing going. He's got this good. Yeah, something was saying. Well, at the time he didn't. It didn't create it as an idol at the time. But we we find out later on that that thing floated around. And didn't it become even, even maybe centuries later, it was still around and it was being worshipped, wasn't it? Or listen to listen to this one verse. It says, uh, after he did this, and he set it up in his town, Ophrah. And, however, all the Israelis went astray after it there. It became a stumbling block for Gideon and his household. So he's inadvertently creating another god, but he's also a good guy. Well, what happens is he has 77 children. Uh, His one child is uh, Avimelech, or uh, Abimelech in in English, Mm -hmm. and that means my father is God, a king. My father is king. Well, it's God that's the king, uh, not his father. And, and, and actually, the, Abimelech is almost a title of royalty, isn't it? It is. It, and he goes era. back. And where does he go back to? He goes back to Shechem. And what takes place at Shechem? He says, hey, look, I, my mother's from your people. Don't you want me? I killed all these other guys. So it's just me. He but politicizes the, wo- the thing. That's gets, right. Yeah. And then one guy, one other son of um, uh, Gideon is left. Now, remember, Gideon has these good and these bad traits. Well, he has two sons. One embodies the bad. One embodies the good. And so the other one, uh, I guess in English it's Jotham, Yoham. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he goes up on a mountain. Do you know what mountain it was? I'm guessing it was, was oh. it one of those two mountains? Yes, 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 you got it. Apart. And he goes up there and he Jerusalem announced. Jerusalem? Uh, yeah. Huh? Jerusalem. Yeah. And so he gets up there and he announces from there exactly from where the covenant was originally made when they passed through the Jordan and they made the promise to God. Now picture this, Mike. You with me? Yes, sir. All right. Mount Sinai. We talked about when we broke the covenant. God taught us that he will forgive us with repentance. Okay, so we got that on place. Now, but remember, look at the picture in your mind, the mountain. There's the mountain, God's at top. So when they cross through the Jordan and he's delivering the land of Israel, this time we turn the mountain upside down. And it's a valley. The upside down mountain is a valley. And the people are there, and the priests, the Levites, read the commandments. And all the people say, Amen. So you got there was Urizim and there was a, a ball. That's right. right. Yeah. And so you've got God giving the, the commandments, yeah. exactly the testimony, and then the people when they crossed the Jordan, entering into the upside down mountain. In other words, it came from God. The mountain is up high towards God. The valley is down low towards mankind. So you got the people, the Jews, at the valley, reading back to God. The echo and the amen that we accept it. Because what did they say at Mount Sinai? Hey, we will do it. Just tell we us what it is. Yes, uh-huh. So they, so it's exactly the same thing right there. Now, when this guy goes back and this com- complexity goes on with Gideon, 
he's got this good and this unusual thing. He gets mad at people who laugh at him, but his concentration is not on the, the kings that killed lots of people. And then he makes his idol. And the, But he has two children. One embodies his... Uh, his bad trait, uh-huh. shall we say? Abimelech. Abimelech, huh? And so he becomes more or less the manifestation of the bad guy, the bad traits of Gideon. The other guy becomes the manifestation of the good traits of Gideon. Uh, what was it, the good guy's name again? Uh, I think in English they call it Jotham. Jotham. Okay. I believe so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, so if you read that, you'll find that that's going on. And what you're finding are the traits. And look at the one, the one guy, uh, Abimelech. He, look what he's doing. He's actually setting himself up as a king. Actually, in a very real sense, Saul, David, was, may not have been the real functional kings. Because the first functional king, really, in a real sense, was uh, Gideon. And then the son says, hey, my dad is king. Isn't that interesting? Gideon says, I don't want to be a king. And the guy, his name is, my dad is king. So what's fascinating is what does he do? And Kings, as you said, Mike, he's supposed to have a copy of a Torah, but also he's not supposed to have chariots. He's not supposed to have many wives. And what does Gideon do? He has many wives. He's doing all the violations of a functioning king that is not supposed to do. So we have this good, we have this bad. And then he has only these two children left, which manifest the good and the bad. Did you ever think of it that way, uh, Mike? No, no, not yet, but that's the value of the Bible life and yourself. I'll we, tell you we, what. And the sweeping understanding that I've got uh, from the Bible life is the laws of Moses going forward and Jesus Christ, my Lord and King, going backwards. And so I'm seeing the, the forward and the backward of the, the, the Old and New Testaments, and I've got a lot of work ahead to do, <laughs> and I'm very grateful. But I can tell you why that God would not allow the sound of hammers at the temple site, mm-hmm. at the temple mount. <laughs> yeah, well, because, that. Yeah, why, why is that, Mike? Because God did not want the sound of did not want the sound of hammers there because there was the sound of hammers that was the weapon used to kill my son on the Mount of Calvary. So He did not want anything to do with Calvary at the at the temp, Temple Mount, the building of the Temple. Beautiful thought, yeah. actually. Yeah, and Mike, I got to tell you, I greatly respect your your thoughts, your beliefs, and your your view of religion. And I want to encourage you to absolutely keep doing that because, in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, you know, it doesn't really give a lot of things about heaven. We all know that, but what it's really primarily concerned with is: Are you a good person? And how do we know what a good person is? A good person is a person that follows God's laws. And I suspect, Mike, you do the best you can doing that. And as far as the rest of it with your Savior, I encourage you to keep believing that. But also, I also encourage you to do the good. Do the good things. Yep. yep. Okay. Good for well, you, Michael. Thanks for calling in. Okay, Sylvie. Thanks, Jacob. Good to hear from you. Nice. You know, let, let's talk about this. In just these few minutes we have left, yeah. jump now from, okay, this, this object lesson, this... Uh, this sort of layout, the book of Judges, the 613 laws, and and it's kind of our law exam, our bar exam, and can we can can we see uh, in these different judges and these different periods of time the things they do? Now, it, 
I mean, it really is fascinating. Each one of them is very interesting in their own right. Each one of them, uh, I find uh, uh, um, the female, uh, uh, I've forgotten the name all of a sudden. Deborah. Deborah, uh, very, very interesting, her experience and so on. But, okay, uh, let's try to bring it forward now to the era, the time in where we're living. Uh, what kind of applications can we make then about here we are as a people, uh, and I'm not trying to equate America is not Israel by any by any stretch. Uh, in, in some ways, we can liken uh, the people of God in America, those who love God and love his law and love his word and are seeking to follow him. That, in a way, we can make a likeness between I agree. In fact, the, I'll go further and say God's that people. God loves all people. He doesn't just prefer one group, one culture. He loves all people. Oh, and, and in that context, here we are trying to select leaders, judges, for our own nation. And, and, I'm, and I'm kind of wondering, is there any insight that we could gain from the book of Judges uh, as, 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 as the people of God, as people of faith who are trying to obey God and love God and serve God and 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 and, you know, uh, do the right thing, as you were just stating. Uh, are there any lessons that we could learn from this that would maybe help guide us in our consideration of uh, who might be uh, leaders? What kind of person do we want to choose to would be a leader for our nation, not only domestically in our own country and our own to be a good people, to be a righteous nation, a God-fearing nation, and so on and so on, in all of the, uh, you know, the the international kind of guidance as well, interaction with other countries and all that sort of thing. Are there any principles that we can learn from the book of Judges that might help us? Ah, we're, elect, we're electing not only a president, but we're talking about uh, local, you know, state representatives and uh, we're congressmen and so on, leaders for our nation. Any principles there, Jacob, from your point of view? From my point of view, I prefer a man that in private is the same kind of man he is in public. And let's face it, we're not all perfect. I certainly am far from being perfect. But I do know, at least now, right from wrong. I think I always did. doesn't mean I always did it. But it does mean that uh, point that it's, it is possible to do it. In Deuteronomy it says, Moses says to the people, he says, and I know this is kind of a wrinkle for mm -hmm. some thoughts, but he says, look, it's not it's not across the river, it's not out in heaven, it's right here on earth, it's not hard for you to do, just choose and do the right thing. So, uh, when, in today's world, I would want to see somebody that does the best they can to recognize, one, there's a God, two, that he does have his laws, and three, they do the best they can, and they're surrounded by good counselors that would be able to point out to them that, you know, what you're doing is not really in conformity with this general rule. And I'd like, that's what I would prefer. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one thing it seems to me pretty clear is that I don't think I ever understood the dynamics of a nation and leadership and the importance of, of of good leaders, uh, not, um, I, I guess I could throw in the word godly, you know, men, sincere men who, and I'm not talking about, we're not electing a, a first pastor for the country, we're electing a president, a political leader, 
but at the same time, I, I like to see the the sense of godliness and the sense of a person who wants and is seeking to do right and be right. You know, uh, I like to see some of the characteristics of a godly person: humility, um, concern for people. Now, um, and yet, we 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 twist these around quite a bit. I can see. The, for the first time in my life, I began to see America and our nation and the choosing of our leaders. Uh, as I've read through the scriptures all these years now, I've begun to see, wow, I understand a little bit better how Israel could get in some of these messes and some of these difficulties. Because, uh, boy, human beings, we're just, we're just we're complex people. We've got this, this evil. There is a real thing called evil. There is... Uh, there are evil and wicked influences. There are uh, there are a whole series of, uh, of 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 things that go against the laws of God, and you know our convenience and our pleasure, and so on and so on. We want power, we want wealth, we want money, uh, and those mandate against the the idea of humility and brokenness and living for the benefit of others and helping others. So we we've got we, we good and evil certainly coexisting down here, and I just wondered if there are any principles that we could follow it seems awfully complex and i'm not sure if any given individual um i don't know jacob i i, I maybe i'm coming at an end I, I i tend to want to choose somebody that i sense is a godly person someone as best i can tell and that's the other disadvantage we don't get to really we don't really know these people except if we're able to study their record and their history and their words and over a period of time, we get a, a kind of a, an idea surfaces that we see or hear. This is a good, a genuinely, a, really a good person. But things with use of the media and so on, sometimes it's so difficult for us to uh, to get a clear picture of these different candidates and which you know which one is truly uh, a, a good person. I, I I I'm just I guess I'm I'm kind of. Meand- meandering here. I'm, I'm kind of on again, off again. Are you in the but wilderness, Soapy? A, a little bit, but I do think the scriptures have helped me in some ways to kind of approach these questions biblically and understand that that they can be good people, God people. Uh, I suppose the end result is we shouldn't have to do a lot of praying. I mean, we really need to be asking God to give us wisdom and hopefully each of us are trying to vote and, and uh, make our vote and our decisions based on some sense, at least, of God's leadership and guidance. That's, that's, at least it seems so like everybody go back, read the book of Judges, and then start looking at the Torah and try to find out what rules were not were violated. And who should we vote for? Thank you all. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. Also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.